How y'all doing tonight? It's good to see you. Glad y'all are here. I've had two or three ask me just this past week or this week, are we still having church? Not not our church members, but other churches. And I said, yes, we are. As long as we can, we're going to keep going. Hey, Amen. I'm glad you're here. I had my eye operated on today a little bit, and, and I hope I can see good enough to finish. But I'm glad to be here. Good to be with y'all. Uh, I want you to remember Mrs. Hale, Mrs. McCracken's mother. She's got uh, gangrene in some of her toes, and, and uh, they don't know yet what they're going to have to do, but she also has got a big bed sore that uh, she got, and that's not good, so pray for her if you would, please. She's 103 years old, and that's something. But we want to remember her, and Mrs. Harden called a few minutes ago, before I come to church, and they had to, uh, she had to get a shot in her eye. I wish she would be here tonight, but I remember her also. And then most of you knew Tony Jones, where his daddy passed away, and I got his funeral here uh, Friday at 1.30. So remember the family, if you would, please. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for each one who's come. I thank you, dear Lord, for answered prayer. And many lives. I ask you, dear God, that you watch over my wife, take care of her. And we thank of each one of these now. We ask you to bless in Jesus' name. Amen. I wish you'd remember my wife. She has a couple of uh, places on her cheek, and they're going to have to go in there and take those out. And so that's next Wednesday, right? Not this Wednesday. Yeah, so remember that, if you would, please, that it will turn out all right also. Romans chapter 9 tonight. Romans chapter 9. And I want to read just, uh, if I can, beginning in verse 25. Romans chapter 9, verse 25. And he said also in Osi, I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not my beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, You are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. Isaiah also cried concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of Sabbath had left us a seed, we had been as Sodom and been like unto Gomorrah. What shall we say then, that the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have obtained the righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith? But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, had not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed. Father, we ask you to bless us reading and studying thy word now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was studying this portion of scripture I love to study the book of Romans in him but verse 33 
says, It is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed. Now that's Paul is quoting from Isaiah 28, verse 16. Here it says the same thing. If you read uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, it says the same thing. Uh, Isaiah 8, verses 13 through 15, carries along the same uh, thing about the stumbling stone. Psalms 118, verse 19 through 29, carries the same theme. Now, in Romans chapter 9, he's explained to Israel's failure to submit themselves unto the righteousness of God in their failure and rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the righteousness of God, and who is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Now, simple faith in the Messiah was also a rock of offense. Now, what I want to show you tonight, verse 33, and whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed. Now, the word whosoever here is proof that the Jews failed because of their lack of faith. Romans chapter 9 is truly then the test of faith. One, real faith. Two, faith, saving faith. Two, faith simply trusts God. Three, faith believes that God is not only omnipotent, but that He is ever-present and all-wise. He is altogether righteous. He is entirely holy. He is without fault, even in minute detail. Now, faith believes everything in spite of everything else. Faith believes that it is impossible for the judge of all the earth to do wrong. He must do right because he's God. Faith reads the word of God and believes it. Now, human reason and understanding have no authority over true faith then. Faith, again, believes God because God is God. In spite of the fact that man fails, faith just keeps on going. I laugh at people... And, and it's been some time since this has happened, but I've had several people come up to me and say, uh, you know, I'm going to quit on the Lord, or I'm going to give up, or I quit, and uh, the work of the Lord will just stop. And every time I say to them, no, it won't, it'll go right on. Amen? True faith moves right on. Now, the fact uh, just shall live by the righteous shall live by faith. Walk by faith, not by sight. If we walk by sight, there's no further need for faith then. For what a man can see, hand on feel, or taste, he does not use faith to accept it then. Now notice, from faith to faith. Now, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him but the just shall live by his faith. Now the gospel reveals to us how and through what power the justified live by faith. This was true also. Now this is not just a doctrine in the New Testament. This is a doctrine all the way back, it goes back to the Old Testament. For instance, God has always dealt in faith and through faith. By faith, Abel offered a blood sacrifice. By faith, Enoch walked with God. By faith, Noah built an ark. 
uh, by faith, Abraham moved out into a country not knowing where he was going. He was moved by faith. By faith, Moses chose to suffer affliction of God's people rather than to be called Pharaoh's son. And you can go on and on and follow right on through the Bible. Men of God moves by faith. Now, uh, notice Mark chapter 11 verse 22 says, How faith in God. And Jesus was just talking to His disciples. And He was saying to His disciples, How faith in God. Mark chapter 11 verse 22. Now the Gospel reveals to us that we are to live by faith, not by sight, not by mind, not by feelings, and not by naked faith. Faith believes God simply because God said it. Now, if God said it, God is able to do it. The question is asked in the Bible, is there anything too hard for God? The answer to that, of course, is no. There's nothing too hard for God. There are two things God reveals to man. And Paul, as it be shown here, in chapter 9 of Romans, verse 17, uh, the first thing is the righteousness of God is revealed to man. Number 2, verse 18, also the Bible says that the wrath of God is revealed to man. Now, the first 17 verses of Romans chapter 1 is the introduction of Romans. Beginning with verse 18 through chapter 3, verse 20, is a guilty world and the wrath of God revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness. You take the first three chapters of Romans, and God reveals to the world how sinful man is. All right? And beginning in verse 18, after chapter, uh, chapter 9, uh, the horrible fact of sin are brought out and stand against the light of God's holiness. Man cannot appreciate the rights of God uh, or the tenderness or the long-suffering of God until man is willing to see and to face wrath, the wrath of God. When I'm reading the Bible, I have things that I, I don't question God, but I have things that uh, jump out at me and, and I, I want to say now, I want to understand that better. I want to know what that's talking about better. And as, as I mentioned the other day, one of the things that I have trouble with is God would tell them to go over into a country and kill every one of them there. And I, I, I know it's the Word of God. I know what God's doing. And God cannot do wrong. But I, I didn't understand it for a long time until I understood that God hates sin. And God won't put up with sin. And those countries around them, and he said, go out there and kill every one of them, uh, they wouldn't turn to God. God gave them every chance, and they, they wouldn't turn to God. And so God didn't want his people to be influenced by that worldly crowd. And so he said, get rid of all of them. Now, you can't understand that until you appreciate the righteousness of God and the tenderness and long-suffering of God until man is willing to see the face of the wrath of God. The fact. Now, God is love, and God is a consuming fire. God is angry with the wicked every day, the Bible says. Now, that's both sides of God. God is love, yes, sir, but also God is a consuming fire. Now, ungodly believers, in the absence of conformity to the will of God by man, 
and this leads to the practice of unrighteousness among men. Now, I'm having a trouble of just understanding the wickedness in man's heart as we're seeing it on TV and seeing it demonstrated all across our country. And did you see today, I think it was today, that they're starting to burn Bibles now, and they burn a cross, and they, and they uh, just anything to have to do, has to do with God or righteousness, anything that's right, they're going against it, and they're fighting. And you look at it and you say, how can people be that stupid or that dumb, or, or how can they be that ignorant uh, after you see everything God's blessed this country, you cannot say, if you look around, that God has not blessed this country. Something did it better than man. Amen? And God is blessed on every side. How can they not see that? There's only one way. They don't see the consuming fire of God. They don't understand God's holy and God hates sin. Now, when man refuses to conform their will to the will of God, they cannot deal with one another in right or rightly. The only person who can live in truth and practice truth is the man who possesses the truth, and that's the Lord Jesus. That's the reason that saved people, that we stand back and we look at this mess and we say, oh, we don't understand that, but uh, I understand that man is wicked on every side. And Jeremiah 17 verse 9, listen to this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Now, that's everybody's heart. Now, get this. Go back now to Romans uh, chapter 1, and I won't take time to do it tonight, but I'd like for you to do it when you get a chance. Read Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through verse 32. Uh, There are three sins that man can commit, and when committed causes God to give up the person who commits those sins. Listen to it. Verses 21 through 24 of chapter 1 of Romans. Number one, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. So, what the Bible is saying here in Romans chapter 1, everybody knows God. That doesn't mean a Savior. That means they know there is one. Okay? Everybody does. Verse 25, chapter 1. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator. One other thing I have the hardest time dealing with is God said Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived and ever will live on the face of this earth. So I'm talking about just human beings now. He's, a, he's the wisest man that ever lived, and yet... Solomon started out as true as a die, serving the Lord, and ended up worshiping idols. I just, I have a hard time with that. He's the wisest man that ever lived and ended up uh, worshiping idols. A piece of wood, or gold, or calf, or something that God made, and he turns around and ma- makes the object rather than the maker of the object. Now, uh, verse 28 uh, because that when they knew God, they go find not as God, neither were thankful because their vain in their imagination and their foolish heart was darkened. Notice this, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. You know what I've noticed in the years of being in a pastor and 
in preaching and dealing with people. I found out that people don't like to do the things of God. They just don't want to do it. Hey, I've, I've talked to people who said, I, w- I would get saved, preacher, but I'd have to give up. And there go mention things. Now, First John chapter 5, verse 10 says, He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Now, if you believe he bridges out, now watch this, if you believe a bridge is out, you won't go down that road. You know why? You get drowned. There's something down there to keep. Now, if you believe in a roaring flame of fire, in a lake of fire, that's a, that's where the sinner goes, then you don't want to go to hell. Just that simple. And God says that he is a flaming fire. Listen, sinners will not be lost when they die. Do you know that? Sinners are lost now. Every believer is saved now. If you get saved at all, you're saved right now. You ain't waiting to heaven to get saved. Amen? Every unbeliever is condemned now. John 3, verse 15 through 18. We're already condemned in our sins if we don't trust Christ. You don't wait to get to hell to do it. And verse 36 of chapter 3 of John talks about those that believe and those that don't believe. All unbelievers are guilty before God, and the wrath of God is resting upon them now. And the reason for this is found in Romans chapter 1 now, and verse 19 and 20. Just back up with me just a second. Romans chapter 1, and verse 19 and 20. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I'll guarantee you, if you could look at a man's mind, and he can stand in a, and watch a baby be born, I don't mean actually see it, but you see a woman expecting in the next few minutes she's got a baby in her arm, how can he not say there's a God? Can't do it. And God plainly says they know they're God, but they refuse to glorify Him not as God. Now turn with me to Mark just a second. Mark chapter 7. Just back up a little bit to Mark chapter 7 for just a minute. And I want to read beginning in verse 21. Mark chapter 7, verse 21. For within... Out of the heart of men proceeded evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murder, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. So every human being lives in a body that is capable of committing every kind of sin that a mortal man can commit. Now here's a warning that I can back up from the Word of God. You better not trust the flesh because the flesh can do anything that the world out there is doing. It's capable of doing it. You put, you put a person in the right position at the right time in the right situation and you, you don't know what they're doing because you don't know people's heart. 
I've been around saved people. I've been around deacons. I've been around preachers. I've been around every kind of person that you want to call a Christian on the face of this earth, I do believe. And I've watched their lives. And not to judge them, but here's something I found. There's a lot of people that when you put them in a church building with a bunch of other Christians, boy, they're, they're Christians. Amen? I mean, everything's fine, everything's good. But you let them get out there in the world with the rest of the world, and first thing you know, they're talking like the world, they're acting like the world, and you say, what the world happened? It was in here because we're sinners. Amen? And what the Jews didn't understand was, as Paul is trying to get them to understand, look, they were looking for a Messiah, a Savior. They were looking for a king. They were looking for somebody to rule and reign over them as their king. But a Messiah came and was crucified on a cross for their sins, and they didn't understand that. What makes that so powerful is the reason God had to crucify Himself in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ is because He only wanted to take care of sin. And that's how much He hates sin, but He loves the sinner. Amen? And what a joy it is to understand from the book of Romans here now. And I want to go back now to Romans chapter 9 for just a minute and, and watch this. And it's the same thing today. It did, not just back then, but it's the same thing today. Romans chapter 9. And I want you to look at verse 32. Wherefore, now because of what he said before this, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. What stumbling stone? Let me show you. I was brought up in the assembly of God, the church of God, and I watched those people. And boy, in church, they'd shout and they'd carry on. They'd dress just a certain way. They'd act a certain way. But then you get out there on the job and you're working with them and they're a complete different person. And listen to what it said. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but they sought it by works. And listen, putting your hair up in a bun and not wearing any short dresses or, or men not dressing right and men not doing right. All oh, that's works. Amen? That's trying to seek faith by work. Uh, people go to church and they give money and they uh, get in the baptism of pool and they put their name on a church road and all of that's works. All that's work. And a lot of people think because they give money or because they got baptized or because they joined the church that they got saved. No. The Bible says, wherefore they sought it not by faith. Faith is not something you can see, feel, or touch, or smell. Faith is just trusting God. And Paul said, you don't get saved by those things. You get saved by trusting God and believing whatever God said. And I can prove to men any spiritual question that you will ask from this book if you'll be honest with yourself. You ever read that verse in the Bible where the Bible says, Come and let us reason together, saith the Lord. You know what that's saying? Come, let's sit down a minute and think this thing over. Think it over for just a minute. Reason it out on in your own mind. God is God. Man is nothing but a sinner. And if you go into heaven, you're going to have to go God's way. Reason that out. And that has to be done by faith. There's nothing you can do to go to heaven. You've got to trust God to take you to heaven. Amen? And that's what He's trying to teach you.
glad I'm saved, don't you? And I'm sure glad I didn't have to buy my way in or live a certain way to get in because I couldn't have done it. Neither could you. I'm saved by faith in the Lord Jesus for what He did for us. Let's thank Him. Heavenly Father, thank You again for each one who's come. Go with us on our way home and keep us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much for being here tonight.